You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia. Armchair. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good afternoon, and this is your Armchair Quarterback's Sports Flash. Today is Conference Championship Sunday. We'll keep it short and sweet and give you the lines as we get ready for the greatest day of the year in the National Football League. 3 o'clock Eastern on Fox. Philadelphia Eagles, two and a half point favorite. They're at home at the link. The over-under sits at 46. And Bengals, Chiefs, and Burrowhead, Cincinnati getting one and a half points with the hobbled Patrick Mahomes over under 48. Both teams fighting to punch their ticket to Super Bowl 57 in Glendale, Arizona, February 12th, 6.30 Eastern. Our kickoff show that day will come on from 1 to 3 p.m. to get you ready right here on Braves Country HD, the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show. And that's your armchair quarterback sports flash. Stay tuned right here on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia, simulcasting on youtube.com at Braves Country. Life or football, the margin for error is so small. I mean, the inches we need are everywhere around us. On this team, we fight for that itch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that itch. We claw with our fingernails for that itch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying! I'll tell you this, in any fight, it's the guy who's willing to die who's going to win that itch. And I know if I'm going to have any life anymore, it's because I'm still willing to fight and die for that itch. Now, what are you going to do? Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. It's Conference Championship Sunday. It is finally here. The greatest day in the NFL schedule, in my opinion, of the year. And we're going to do a two-hour kickoff show to get you going, get you started here. Welcoming in Mr. Sean O'Toole. Sean, how are you? I'm fantastic. Can't wait. Best day of the year. And Steven Troche, how the hell are you, sir? Damn, you guys couldn't have said it better. This is one of my favorite Sundays of the year. I, I like it. I'm just, as you can see, champion. I am ready for it. <laughs> champion. Uh, you know, I, I look forward to Super Bowl Sunday the most, but as Steven knows, we always have something here and there's a lot of cooking, and, and, and that's just fun. But from the football aspect of it, this is the best day because two tickets get punched and two, there's two, there's still two dreams alive at the end of the day, right? And, at the end of Super Bowl Sunday, one side's really happy, and the other side's going, "Are you, are you, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Needed one more yard, one more yard to beat the Rams." Or in the case of the Bengals last year, just needed 
to not have the worst pass interference call in Super Bowl history called on the five-yard line. But or, we don't want to talk about that. Or in the case of the Titans, if they just would have called that a catch like they should have called it a catch with the uh, with the with the Bucks Rams game in today's in today's it would have been a different situation. The Titans would have played Sean King and the Bucks. And I'm pretty sure they have a ring on their finger right now. That was a real bad offense. So let's go ahead and get into it. Um, a couple of things that we want to start off with. We'll start off with, with the no way parlays. Uh, we've got a whole crew here coming today. We'll be here with, with you the next two hours, taking all the way to the three o'clock hour, and we'll step out of the way for conference championship Sunday. So Bobby's on the way. Uh, the tones and Joey, the brothers are on the way. Doug's going to going to join us in, in the last part of the, of the show. One of the things we're going to do in that last part, we're going, we, I took a poll with all the guys and we're going to announce who is the Mount Rushmore of conference championship games throughout the litany of, of the conference championship games. So obviously that can go all the way back until Super Bowl one. So I, I, I didn't see any votes for, for, for that at that time period. I think there's because we don't have too many boomers on here. Sean and I are close, but we're not quite there yet. Not quite. <laughs> um, all right, let's go ahead and get into the no way parlay. I did a teaser, but we're going to uh, open the floor for Sean first because he's the one that came up with this a while back. So, Sean, what is your no-way parlay that you're going to throw out there today? So I've got some different player props, but I'm actually combining two of my favorite Hail Marys at the same time, which is a no-way parlay combined with anytime touchdown scores. So I'm actually dipping into two pools at once here. So uh, two different names, uh, Brandon Ayuk, who's someone I'm a big fan of um, and I think is always live to pop off at any point in time. And if you throw him together as an anytime touchdown scorer with young Mr. Kenneth Gainwell, and this is going to come up again later when we kind of do a detailed breakdown of the game, uh, I think Philly's path to victory is going to have to come from uh, zone reads and from running it right at the Niners. Uh, the Niners are really fast, really long, but not super big, especially on the defensive line, and that's where I think Philly's advantage is. So if you put Ayuk and Kenneth Gainwell together as anytime touchdown scorers, that is plus 1565 which means a little $5 wins you a little $78. So that is my no way parlay for conference championship Sunday. What about you, Steven? And whoever that is in the background that wants to join in. <laughs> All right. So actually I've got a, uh, one of the parlays I did, it's like, it's actually in that same game, uh, um, Philly and San Fran. I think that like, you know, both of those defenses are super strong. I, so I, like I uh, combined Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy both to throw an interception. So like on that, it is not a you know no way parlay by any means of Sean's level, but that's a nice uh, like I think it's like plus two fifty. Okay, so what I did on mine was I did a teaser, teaser parlay, and let me pull it up real quick so I, I got the exact numbers of when, when when I got it. I actually placed this thing Friday evening, I believe. So do the math, but basically they're 13. It's a 13 point teaser for a uh, 14, 13 point teaser. So you're getting uh, basically 140 back minus 140. So for instance, if you bet, I, I want to say it's, it takes $21 to make 15. 
Okay. So if you put 210 down, you'd make 150, so on and so forth. So I'm taking, I took the Bengals plus 14 and a half because I think that's going to be a close game. And I don't envision that game getting blown out in any shape or form. San Francisco plus 15 and a half because I know a lot of people think that the that Philadelphia is just going to run them off the field. I don't believe that. I think it's going to be a hard fall game. I really think it's going to come down to who doesn't make the mistakes. And will it be Jalen Hurts that doesn't make the mistakes? Or is it going to be Mr. Irrelevant that it suddenly becomes relevant because he doesn't make the mistakes? And I took the over in the Niners-Eagles game because I do believe there's going to be some points scored there. So that takes you all... By the way, I don't, I don't know if I said, but San Francisco uh, goes up to 15 and a half. Sorry, I don't think I said that. The over in the San Francisco Eagles game then drops to 33 and a half. That's all you got to clear. I think that's Ooh. very gettable. I actually like the over in, in their actual game. And then I'm taking the under in the Cincinnati-Kansas City game because I think both teams, especially Kansas City with, with the injury to Mahomes, no matter what you're seeing, I do believe he's going to be checked down Charlie. And if you can get you get the over all the way up to 61 and a half, that's going to be a really difficult number to hit. I, I don't even think the 48, 48 and a half, depending on what book you're looking at, gets hit. Because we always we always have these dances of sugar plums in our head that, oh, it's Mahomes versus versus uh burrow and even if mahomes was healthy right everyone's like, oh man and then this could happen and this could happen and this could happen and then you get to halftime and you're like it's 10 to 6 what the hell is going on I, my life is over so you know that's uh i don't think they're going to get to 61 and a half anywhere near that neighbor number i i really see more no matter who wins i think it's going to be a 23 20 type ball game i really do i just i know that the last two games have actually been, what, what did we pull up the number the other day? 27-24 was the last two scores to take you to 51. But the more you get familiar with an offense, the better the defense gets. And I do believe that Cincinnati's actually playing a really good defense at the, right now. And that Kansas City front four is going to put pressure on, on uh, Burrow. So I don't know how much up and down the field there's going to be. All right. Anyone else got any parlays they want to throw out there? Any kooky duke ones that you're like, you know what? What if? I don't know, like I'm sure I'll have some of those way, you know, too late for the like this show. But I was like, I actually found one of my teasers, and it's basically what you just said, but the complete opposite. It's Kansas City plus eight, and San Fran plus nine and a half, and then the KC uh, um, uh, Bengals over forty. So you, so, so you took San Francisco and I'm sorry, uh, Philly and Kansas city. Yeah. But I like, I also got this earlier in the week when, um, Cincinnati was the favorite. So I like, I got KC at plus eight. Yeah. My, my only concern with that is that's the one game that I, I I'm a little concerned that could not get out of hand, but what if Mahomes is really hurt and he, and he can't make it all the way through. And then it's the Chad Henney show and they give the valiant fight, but they lose by 10. That would be my only concern about that. But other than that, I don't see Philly getting blown out. I don't see San Fran getting blown. Out. When the hell does San Fran ever get blown? Out? I just don't, I don't think it's in the cards. I think you're going to get a, a mashing type game, but I do think you're going to get big plays on both sides, but I don't hate it, but that would be the reason why I, I wouldn't touch it. Um, let's put something together real quick, just to see what would happen. If you did, 
let's say you went crazy and you said it's going to be upset city san francisco to win because you get the plus 20 Cincinnati right now is is on an even and then it doesn't matter because they're basically the same well i guess the actual there's a little bit of difference here so let's say we go crazy and go it's going to be high scoring in cincinnati kansas city over and we'll just hit the over for the 46 and a half because it doesn't really matter in the other one if you do that and you put a parlay down and you put we'll just say a hundred dollars at sixteen fourteen to pay out if you can hit all four. But that's a but that's a whole lot of ifs. And there's a reason why I'm not logged in, because I would be like, you know what? There's a chance. <laughs> 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 you say there's a chance. Let's go. <laughs> if there's a reason my hands are not touching the computer. <laughs> what? Hands up. There's a couple of shows that I watch, and I, I, I specifically, when, when I have it on, I am logged out of all betting pro, all betting apps. I'm like, nope, 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 not even going to touch it. Don't even, want, don't even want my phone near me, right? Don't even want to be able to reach go, you know what? He's got a chance. He's, he's got a point, man. Baylor's offense has really been struggling today. <laughs> some some, some wild-ass uh, theory that someone comes on with and they say, you know, IPFW, if you look at the rebounding line, <laughs> next thing you know, let's go. How do I even find this game? Let's go. <laughs> that that jockey has betting on a game the other night. It wasn't even on ESPN Plus. I didn't even check it, right? It wasn't on ESPN Plus. You had to go to the, the YouTube channel of the university who had one phone sitting in the middle of the court during halftime. They didn't even go to commercial. They just showed people walking around on, on the court. They, they were doing some kind of game. I don't even know what it was. And I was like, it was that night. I said, I might, I, I may have a problem. I'm betting on a game <laughs> that is on YouTube, but it's not even getting taken down because nobody owns the rights. Cause nobody cares about the rights. What was funny is there was like 300 people watching. I was like, the, all of them. Well, maybe five of them are related to the players. The rest of them were all going, come on, baby. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and, the, and the audio is so bad. You had to mute, you had to mute your device because it was like scratchy. It's sat, it was like trying to make out what Charlie Brown's teacher was saying. <laughs> I was like, geez, Louise. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we move on. We'll go ahead and take a quick break when we come back. Bobby's joining us, and we're going to do some DFS fun. Keep it locked in here on the Armchair Quarterbacks kick Kickoff Show right here on Braves Country and Braves Country HD, wherever you may stream. You're listening to The Key all the way to the top of the 3 o'clock hour. You're a cop, huh? No, what I am, Sonny, is about 50 pounds heavier and one hell of a lot meaner, so you better straighten up your act. I don't think I like you. Dixie Handle Company, five generations of the Strickland family, have produced quality hardwood farm and garden tools, wooden shutters, and custom furniture. This small business has been owned and operated since 1992 and ships to customers across the world. If you're looking for the highest quality tool handles, Dixie Handle Company is your place. Every item is handpicked to your specifications. If it's made of wood, they do it. Call now, 931-722-3395. That's 931-722-3395. 
or go online to DixieHandle.com. The Dixie Handle Company, welcome to Craftsmanship, a proud sponsor of Braves Country Baseball. It's the best in sports and entertainment, and get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. Wendy's only makes one kind of breakfast, your new favorite one. How do we do it? With fresh cracked eggs, oven-baked bacon, and flaky croissants. You know, the things your old breakfast wasn't doing. So toss that old news and its soggy eggs somewhere useful. And get to Wendy's. A sausage egg and Swiss croissant, bacon egg and Swiss croissant, and honey butter chicken biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Price and participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia. In 1961, the shotgun kept hitting the bullseye against the Detroit Lions. This game was the formation's finest hour. Detroit at that time had one of the greatest defenses in all football. They hadn't had over a 10-point average scored against them in, in four or five years. We had never seen the uh, shotgun before, and they literally picked us to death. They would do five yards and six yards and five yards, and whatever defense that we would do, they they were able to offensively take advantage of uh, our defensive maneuver. It was a very boring game. We lost 49 to nothing. So, really, this got the attention of a lot of people, and it should have because it was something that nobody knew how to stop. Joe Schmidt, the middle linebacker for Detroit at that time, he told me later in that game, he said, I went into the huddle and I called every defense we knew we we had and some we didn't have, and we couldn't stop you. Finally, I just went in the huddle and I said, just line up and protect yourselves. We don't know how to stop this thing. Armchair. Yeah, the armchair quarterback. He's kind of fun and he's kind of bad. Welcome back. Bobby joins Sean, Stephen, and I and let the insults fly from Sean. Uh, here we go. I'm ready. Bring him on. How are he, you? he looks he looks normal today. I don't I don't I don't see anything crazy in that room aside from there the you go. Gator, gator flag. Good lord. Get that off the wall. What are you doing, buddy? <laughs> Why are you doing that to yourself? I'd have a pretty hard time getting it off there. It's uh kind of stuck there. I'm just getting a new wall. It's it's over. You're actually hiring a whole team to edit the, that out every single time he's on. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get into our DFS. Uh, let me go ahead and hit this button so we can share the screen so folks can see what's going on here. Uh, we're going into the DraftKings lobby, and let me uh, get into the right one. Uh, I thought I had this in, but here we go. Classic and two games. And now we got to make sure we don't. Here we go. All right, we'll go ahead and enter this bad boy right here. And all right. Whose turn is it this time? I went last week, so I know it's not me. 
Yeah, I don't think I've stacked us in a long time. So I'll go first. Why don't, why don't we go me and then Mac and then Bobby and then Trosh. However y'all want to do it. All next right, week, next week I'll probably bow out since there's only two games, and that way we don't get so many different theories, right? Mm-hmm. Or two, sorry, two teams. Ne- not next week, but Super Bowl Sunday. Okay, where are we going? Well, I'm going to start off with uh, at quarterback, uh, the MVP of Burrowhead, Mr. Joe Burrow himself, and he is again. There's, <laughs> there's not a lot of not a lot of volatility. Here when we're you know down to four four games so or four teams in two games so uh, not yeah, a lot of theory you're either gonna be really right or really wrong <laughs> yes yeah, yeah, it's gonna be one of the two but I'm gonna save us a little bit on the second half of the stack because I really like T Higgins in this matchup um, I actually prefer him to chase a little bit I think Kansas City is gonna force the ball into the middle of the field as much as they can by pressuring Burrow um, Kansas City does not have great depth at secondary, but what they do have is pretty decent outside secondary options. Um, So I think they're going to force him into the middle of the field, and that's where T does his work. So Burrow and Higgins. Okay. So let me go ahead and get over here, and, man, I'm going to pay it. Give me run CMC. Mm. Eli Mitchell is going in banged up. They're saying CMC is good to go, that it was much to do about nothing earlier in the week. And if there's one area of the defense that or, or the team that the, the Philadelphia Eagles have been vulnerable all year long, it's been the running game. And they would actually be ranked lower if it weren't for the fact that they get out on top of folks so much that they abandon the running game, right? Well, A, I don't think that's going to be the case today, and B, it's not like CMC goes away if if they get behind and have to throw the ball a lot. There'll be all kinds of design passes for him, so give give me run CMC. I think it's going to be hard to win without him in your lineup. Who's next? That would be me. Um, I'm going to make sure. I know he's a cheaper option. I could save him for later, but I want to make sure he's in this lineup. Give me Kadarius Toney at 3,700. He had another double-digit game last week, and if you can get at least 10 points for 3700 that's great value. Um, you can get him and spend that money elsewhere. You won't have to worry about the points. All right, Stephen, where are you going? You know, Bobby, I love that you did that because it allows me to spend up. Mm-hmm. I know I was all over Travis Kelsey uh, this week. He's 7800 but I'm going to save $800 there, and I'm just going to say one thing first. DK Metcalf, 10 for 136, two touchdowns. CD Lamb, 10 for 117. That's like the last two games against San Fran. Give me AJ Brown at 7,000. He's gonna he's gonna absolutely explode this game. Okay. Let's see where we uh Sean, where are you going? Yeah, we need to get into uh we need to get into some into some cheap territory. So I'm gonna I'm gonna save us a boatload of money at the tight end spot. And I'm going to take a name that I don't think a lot of people spend a lot of time thinking about. And this is one Mr. Hayden Hurst, who has become a favorite target of Mr. Burrow, uh, especially on those third and sevens and especially in the red zone. I'm not expecting a lot in the yards category here, um, but he has all the potential for a Dalton Schultz game here. And what I mean by that is the Dalton Schultz game, you know, a couple of weeks ago against the Bucks, where I think he had four catches, but two of them were for touchdowns. So Hayden Hurst, three grand. 
So I'm going to go to the defense. I don't like the Niners. You pay the most, and you're going up against the most volatile offense, right? I don't, I'm not big on the Eagles because you're paying 2,800, and the the 49ers will, will you know they're going to get their points. I'm not going Chiefs because they're the Chiefs defense. So give me the cheapest one of the bunch, the Bengals, who could be going up against Chad Henney. Let's just keep putting that out there, and. Uh, I'll, t- I'll take my chances and I think will be a lower scoring game than the San Francisco-Philadelphia game. By the way, I, I am wearing Reggie White today. so Nice. Eh? 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 But I had to cancel it up by wearing a Braves hat because I can't just wear all Philadelphia and make me throw up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> who's next? Bobby. Uh, Bobby? Back to me. Um, so how much money do we have per person right now? We have 100. Right. All right. Nice. I'll go right under that. I'll go with Devontae Smith. I know we're doubling up on Eagles receivers here, but he's absolutely been lighting it up lately. Um, I don't see him slowing down. I think he'll have a big game. Maybe not as big as AJ, but I think he'll be worth the 6800 And that will leave us for $7,000 going back to Steven. And then- I really wanted you to go running back because – we had like there was a it, it, it's so easy to fit Travis Kelsey in here, but I have the money. Give me Joe Mixon at 6,500. Complete off like just to finish off that Bengals uh overstack almost. Okay, so what we have here is Joe Burrow at 6,800 if you're playing along at home. McCaffrey is at eight, Joe Mixon 6,500, T Higgins 5,400, Tony 37, Brown 7,000. Hurst even three, and Smith is sixty eight hundred. Bengals are twenty three hundred, and there we go. So there we go with that. And is there anything anyone but he would have done differently? I'll go around and around here, uh, Stephen. What what what's the one guy you didn't get in there that you wish you would have? Kelsey. I mean, he's far and away the best tight end on the slate. Sean, what about you? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. There's just no way to fit him in unless you take out Brown, um, and that kind of washes it out. So you would have to go lower than – you would have to go much lower than A.J. Brown to fit Kelsey in or go much lower than Mixon, like throw in Pacheco or McKinnon um, to try and save enough to squeeze him in there. I don't know. It's just – I think the Bengals are going to be a, a, a light show tomorrow. Bobby, I like the potential for uh, McKinnon at fifty four hundred. I think he could have a solid game with Mahomes being banged up. They could rely on him a little bit more, um, and he's still a cheaper option. If there's one guy I would have liked to have seen in our lineup that we didn't get in, it's uh, Derrick Henry. But you know that's not possible. <laughs> stupid Tannehill and his stupid ankle, um, or as they've been calling it, his vajankle. <laughs> Who's he uh, quarterbacking for next year? Because it feels like I, mean, I, I know he's it's not he's not going to be here. And that's a given, but like I just don't Atlanta. No, like it's going to be it's going to be a last man standing situation. Like there've been some good. If Atlanta jokes. strikes out on Lamar Jackson, does yeah. Arthur Smith go grab him? He had his best season under him, so I mean it's 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 Makes easy sense. to draw those lines. It's not that hard. Like it seems like Brady's going to be a Raider. It seems like Carr is going to be probably a Texan, I would guess. 
it looks like Rodgers is going to be a Jet, which I can't stop laughing about. I can't wait for that to happen. Um, Man, I honestly think that he'll be really good with New York. I mean, I think it's a perfect fit. He will. I just the 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 thought of the thought of just the the fact that Favre was there and that and the New York media and he's not a New York guy. Like the amount of entertainment I can foresee going through my brain like literally directly into my medulla oblongata, like somebody injected it in. It's just too much for me to handle. You know, I, I can't. The other obvious place, landing place for Aaron Rodgers that no one really is talking about much because it's not as fun to talk about is Green Bay. I mean, <laughs> all these receivers are going to be one year old or one year better. I'd like to see what he could do with Christian watching and Romeo Dobbs in, in year two, right? Yeah. Um, Lazard's going to move on. You know he'll he'll force the Packers to, to re-sign Cobb. Uh, he's already he's already made the comment that if he goes – wherever he goes, he wants to take – he had like five guys that he named that he wants to take with him. It was Lazard, Tunyon. Tunyon. Donald is, Driver. Yes, exactly, Donald Driver. Is Robert Brooks still out there? Can he come back? <laughs> what was the guy's name, the – I used to call him the cheese ghost. Uh, Jordy Nelson? Yes, Jordy. Oh. Jordy. Jordy's probably out of retirement. <laughs> he's on the he's in the uh he's in the Alvin Harper All Stars. He got he got a big money contract from the Raiders and left Green Bay, which I'm I'm always amused when number two guys get big deals and then people are surprised that you mean the like reason they were the reason they were number two was the quarterback they were playing with in the last place. Like, that's why it's called the Alvin Harper Hall of Fame. It's like or never pay, never pay a number two receiver ever. I think Alvin Harper can move over because I think Galladay <laughs> took the, took the. Oh my God, that's a, that's that's like a tier. There's a tier above Alvin Harper for people that like did the Lufthansa heist. It's like it's Galladay, Brock Osweiler. I'd have to sit down and think about it, but Albert you got to have a Hainsworth is up there. Yeah, there's you got to have a Mount Rushmore for just like like public fests. Like those are just armed robberies. Like they're not even those aren't even football. Cheeseburger stories. Lacey. Don't forget about Cheeseburger Lacey. Yeah. <laughs> Every as soon as he left, man, he just gave a you know. Whenever he went to a new team, he did not ask where the workout facility was. That was not on his list. <laughs> Don't forget about um. Oh, who was the Trent Richardson? That didn't the Colts didn't Ooh. pay him, but they gave up three picks for him to Cleveland. Man, That's what a bad a one. That was. Jeez. That was that, that cost so many people. That cost more people their jobs than than Enron. I mean, that's that costs a lot of people their jobs. Uh, it's bad enough when you swing and miss. It's worse when you trade up to do it. <clears throat> Trey Lance. <clears throat> Trey Lance. <laughs> I all right, doing all right with Brock. Let's get into prop bets. Uh, the prop bets everyone's into today. I'm going to be curious to see where we're at on that, and then. After that, we will uh, play a little over under and just I'm going to throw ones out there to y'all and y'all tell me where you're at. Um, Looking at the prop bets. Where are we going? I guess I I guess I have the way this is set up is I'm going to have to do um, each team. You'll give me one second. I'm going to have to finagle back and forth who has got the first prop that they want to talk about i'm gonna go with a a a really quick and easy one here 
Um, and he already came up. So uh, I'm going to Bobby mentioned him. Jarek McKinnon's over under for player rushing yards is 28 and a half, which seems insane and very low. Um, that is one that I think you can hit easy. Now, it's not great odds. It's not like it's plus 5,000 or anything. It's minus 114. But um, that is a really, really low number. And I don't foresee a scenario where he gets held to under that. Um, he is not – I think Pacheco's the guy that they that the Chiefs use more on sweeps and getting around the edge. But McKinnon's very much the between-the-tackles guy. Um, and when Cincinnati has been taken advantage of on the ground, not that they played any teams – this playoffs who tried it um, or who were any good at it. But when they have struggled, it's been kind of in the A gaps and the B gaps. It's been through the middle. Um, that's not really what Trey Hendrickson does. Like he's a pass rusher. Um, so it, that just seems really, really low to me. All right, Bob. I like, that. I like uh, Debo Samuel to go over four and a half receptions. Um, I don't see a path where the 49ers get out to a lead and they can just rely on the run. I think they'll be consistently passing through this game. I think they'll need Brock Purdy to have a solid game, a mistake-free game. Um, and I'll, I, I see them using Debo a lot. The most receiving yards in the game. Looking at that one right there. Obviously, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith are going to be the Favorites. Eh. Debo or Brandon Ayuk's not a terrible gamble. And mainly with Debo with a lot of his work comes in the receiving game or in like in the rushing game. And especially with Mitchell out, I think he's going to see more work in the backfield. Well, what happens if Eagles get out to a big lead and they start trying to milk the clock and then all of a sudden it's check down Charlie and they're they're just playing prevent, and if it's not Ayuk, and if it's not Debo, I mean, you got you got McCaffrey's not likely, but you never know. He he does have the big playability. Kittle, I'd be, I never take the 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 most receiving yards for the team that's favored. I always take it for the team that's the underdog because they're the ones going to be getting, uh, especially if Kansas City's running on all all motors. And they are scoring. Man, Jamar Chase would be a really good bet. I don't know what that noise is, but stop. <laughs> I don't know which which three of you are doing that. Um, what is the uh, prop you like best, Stephen? Um, like you just said, you were just talking about Kittle right there. His over-under for receiving yards is 47 and a half. Uh, he's been kind of uh, Purdy's uh, security blanket and he has a, a tremendous uh, mismatch over those uh, Philly linebackers. So like that 47 and a half feels like such a low number. I'm yeah, smashing the over. See, he's three and a half receptions as well. I'm trying to see if there's all right. Uh, without me knowing ahead of time where we're going, it's kind of hard for me to finagle this thing. Let me move back a little bit. I think everybody can still see it pretty well. My uh, favorite prop, and let me get to the right game, Kansas City. We're going to go to Kansas City. We're going to go to the quarterback props and total passing yards. I like Patrick Mahomes under 282.5. The reason why I say that is I'll – 
Cincinnati's defense has been playing well, but I'm also gambling on the fact that Mahomes may not play the whole game. That someone's going to get in there and twist an ankle, you know, do a little you know, action, little and, gator roll, little gator roll. Yeah, so you got yeah. him on the ground. Yeah, ever notice every time you're talking about cheating, the word gator always comes in. Always in, comes up. Plates. <laughs> what do you think about that, Bobby? What did you guys pay Verse and uh, Jordan Travis to come back? Wow. A lot. <laughs> I'll there tell you what, you paid him a lot more than you than than you tried you than you actually paid uh the quarter the, the five star quarterback that just transferred out of there. <laughs> hey, we got lagway after him, so we'll be all right. You promised thirteen million, but you you actually paid him probably well, I bet he still got a million out of it somehow. Ah, whatever. He can go back to Miami. I don't care about him. <laughs> you don't. You don't care until he's lighting it up, and you've got <laughs> not in Miami. Hurt? He's not going to be. Maybe is somewhere Graham else. Is going to be going to be manning the Gators this fall. Hey man, he'd be doing it regardless. Rashad is going to be a freshman. <laughs> Graham got to get through this. How did he end up there? How did Billy Ball go? No, no, we're not trying to emulate what's going on in Wisconsin. <laughs> all this talk about the all this talk about the Gators getting out of my life is making me upset because I think the Lions are probably going to draft AR fifteen if they have the chance. Uh, do you? Really I don't, do I don't want them. I don't want them. I don't want them to. But that's that's what uh, nearly every projection system I've looked at has the Lions taking them with their own pick, which is like fifteen or sixteen, I think. Because we're not going to take him at six, but are you all right? Let's do some over under. I'm just going to rattle them to to each guy. Uh, we'll start top to bottom. So Stephen, Kadarius Tony, over under thirty five and a half yards. Over. I was about to say, just you don't have to finish the sentence. Kadarius Tony over everything. Bobby Samaje P Ryan sixteen and a half yards receiving. Hmm. I'd go over in that, but I'm not super confident in it. Sean, Jamar Chase, six and a half receptions. Give me the under. I think they're going to double him, which goes back to my Higgins point. All right, let's get back to, let's go to, you know what I would like to know about this one, about this particular game, San Francisco, Philadelphia is the rushing props on this and total rushing yards. Steven, Christian McCaffrey, 58 and a half yards. I'm going to go under. Bobby, Jalen Hurts, 46 and a half yards. Is that rushing? Yeah. No, no, it's uh, passing. 46 and a half yards. <laughs> what are we talking about here? What year do you think this game's taking place? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. Not against that front seven. I don't trust many rushing props. Sean. Miles Sanders, 51 and a half yards. Under. You know, he's been a sneaky prop that I've hit in multiple weeks, the last several weeks, where his, well, for whatever reason, his number is low and he goes way past it. I think he beat the Giants prop that I played by 40 yards, something like that. I mean, it was, it was, he, he was ridiculously low. Uh, real quick quarterback props in this game. 
Brock Purdy, 219 and a half yards passing. Steven. Over. Bobby, 250 and a half yards passing. Over, under. For Hertz, over. Yes, for Hertz. Not yeah. not receiving, passing. Sean, <laughs> uh, <laughs> where, where's that? So you got to get back over. Here we go. Joe Burrow, 277 and a half. I'm going to go under. I think they're going to have to grind it out and a bit more than anybody's thinking. Steven, touchdown passes, Burrow, one and a half. I mean, logically over, but that I don't like the number that we're getting at it. I just, he's, he's throwing over one and a half, but not something I would bet at that price. Would you be more likely to take Mahomes at two and a half over? Um, yes, because I already did. Did you? Yeah. It's plus 150. Bobby, completions, Joe Burrow, 25 and a half. I'll go over. And Sean, Mahomes, same question, same number. Or, or uh, yeah, Mahomes, 25 and a half completions over under. I'm going to go over. Don't love that number, but. Yeah, once again, anytime I take a prop on a guy, I don't want to see like some red flag on his on his fantasy football profile or an orange something orange and glowing saying there's an update. I, I don't want any of that. I want a guy who's coming in hundred percent. You know, if he gets injured in the game, that's a part of the game. But I don't want to take a guy who I saw. You know, basically, he. I mean, he went from playing like from. Uh, Michael Jordan to Long John Silver in one snap of the leg there. <laughs> I I really do hope that he is healthy because I want to see a good game. I want to see an old-fashioned shootout. I want to see a game that we're all going to be talking about for, for years and years and years. Even if Kansas City wins, I don't want to watch the game be like 17 to 16, and it was just a, it just a nasty game. All right, let's take a real quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the lines of the actual game, and Sean and Steven are going to give us their locks of the day. We'll be right back here on the key in Braves Country HD, wherever you stream the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show. I got back to the hotel at 7.30 this morning, and I went up to the desk to leave a wake-up call for 7 o'clock. The lady goes, it's past 7. No, the next one. You got another one coming around, don't you? Why don't you just put me on that one? Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill. And every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. Burning bright beneath the North Texas sky, in the heart of the Lone Star State, 
is a galaxy of extraordinary football play. They are the Dallas Cowboys, a freewheeling, all-American, star-kissed team, motivated and disciplined by the genius of a coach named Landry. The Cowboys are pro football's glamour team, dynamic, progressive, and spectacular. But Coach Tom Landry has learned more along the way to the Super Bowl than by winning. I don't think I would enjoy my profession if I knew I was always a winner. I think it's really the chase that's important. It's the challenge uh, that you're after, much more than the winning. The chase begins with defense. It looks like confusion to anybody who doesn't know much about the game because it looks like it's just 11 men attacking each other at one time. But as you learn the game, it becomes very scientific, especially in professional football. It becomes very intriguing and exciting. Armchair. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me, you know? Uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The All-American Man. Yeah, the Welcome back. We are rolling here, taking you all the way to the 3 o'clock hour where you're going to get Chiefs versus, I'm sorry, the, the 3 o'clock game is uh, San Fran versus 49ers. The 6.30 game, Chiefs versus Bengals. We did this yesterday, and I got I got uh, Tones and uh, Bobby's opinion on this. Steven and, and Sean, if you could only watch one game today, is it the AFC or the NFC championship game? I'm going to go the AFC for me, like as a Dolphins fan. I mean, like AFC is like where, like what I know better, like what I what I know best. But I just think that I think the Bengals and Chiefs be a much higher scoring game. Sean, what say you? I would say the AFC as well because we have some some recent history now with these two teams and and this is the fourth time they've met in a calendar basically in like 13 months right um that just puts a little more stakes on it um because there's some other narratives there i get I, I really am in the minority my uh game would be the nfc game I'm, but I've, i don't know I've, I've become weirdly i've become a bit of a fake fan of the 49ers. Uh, I don't even know why, but I, I just, I like teams that run the ball as much as they do. And I think I'll really like the underdog story of Brock Purdy. Um, he's probably, it's probably coming to an end today for him, but I really want to see if they can go in. Plus there's nothing better than watching Philadelphia fans cry after hearing about, Oh, I, I've heard all week about, Oh, the World Series. Did you listen to the crowd? It was unreal. They act like that was the only crowd to ever make any noise ever. <laughs> Flip on the television during any Southeastern Conference football game on Saturday, and I'm talking about it could be Ole Miss versus Vandy, and you're going to hear the same crowd noise. I, I, I would. I, I don't like that. Uh, they think everything that happens in Philly is the best thing to ever happen anywhere either. That they're still they're still yucking around about Reese Hoskins home run off Strider. And yeah, I get that. 
I'm still fuming about the lack of effort from Ronald Acuna Jr. on the inside, the Parker from what was that? Was that real Muto? Real Muto. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> He's he had the best seat in the house. Balls just rolling around. Michael Harris is breaking his neck, trying to get the ball. And Acuna's like there. Oh, man. And you should have caught that. That's, that's going to be a problem. That's it. That's a conversation for months from now, but uh, I can't. That's a conversation for Monday because baseball season has officially begun in my world. Yes, it has. Uh, and it really gets geared up after after today because you're going to have two weeks of – I cannot sit there for two weeks and talk about who's going to win the Super Bowl. Nope. And we are – we're not that far from uh, the WBC. All right, let's get into uh, the, the problems at hand today. The AFC lines – NFC lines. I'll go ahead and pull those back up real quick. And here we go. Um, the so let me get to the actual game itself. Here we go. All right. Chiefs, Bengals, minus one and a half. Look, the number's moving all over the place. It could be one, depending on where you're at. It can. I've even seen some push all the way down to pick them. I've also seen Cincinnati getting up to two and a half. If you can grab three, if it gets to three, grab it. But as uh, one famous better once said, if it's there, it's going to be there at uh, during the 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 heartbeat of a hummingbird. Um, where are y'all leaning? Before we get your locks, where are y'all leaning right now? Uh, Cincinnati, Kansas City, plus one and a half. Cincy. Steven? I ultimately think Casey's going to win this game. So, maybe minus one and a half for me. Sean? Uh, I hate it because I really want Cincinnati to win this game today. But beating the same team four times in a row is just tough. It's tough. So if I'm laying my money, I'm laying KC minus the one and a half. Um, I know that Mahomes is hobbled, and I kind of don't care. <laughs> <laughs> what say you, Bobby? You know, I want the Chiefs to win, but I can't say I think they will. Um, I got the Bengals covering. I think they'll win. The NFC line. What, what about the over-under? What's everyone's gut feeling about the over-under? I do think there, there's going to be points scored. Forty-eight and a half is a good number. You do, okay. I'm, I like. I've I've been pounding the table all week. Under uh, Sean, I have a tough time believing the under because last year's game, I think people tend to forget, was a little bit on the sloppy side, and Cincinnati really frustrated Kansas City with the drop eight, and and just Mahomes refused to take what was underneath, and that still went over this number. I mean, that ended at 51. So I, I don't think – I don't like the under in this game at all. Bobby? Yeah, I got this going over. I think uh, Mahomes' ankle is a concern, but I don't think it will keep the Chiefs from putting points on the board. I got the over. Yeah, I don't even care about if, if Mahomes is 100%. I just think these teams have seen each other too much. Yeah. And when you see each other this much – <laughs> there's only so many times, you know, that's, you know, there's a reason why they don't play each other twice in college football every year, or it's not designed that way because you, because <laughs> you, once you've seen something, you've seen it. So it's really hard to, to, uh, to adjust. 
Um, real quick, and go around here. These are these are the ones I think people sleep on that they should be paying attention to. We'll start with the early game, San Francisco, Philadelphia. The first half line is one and a half. Philly, San Fran. And some people have theories that, hey, one team could get out to a, to a good lead, but the other team's going to get them in the end, that kind of thing. So I think a lot of people sleep on the first half line. The quarter lines, to me, unless you're betting the first quarter, the rest of it's a crapshoot. It's much better to do live betting, unless you have a very strong feeling about the how the game's going to go and how the fourth quarter will play out. But the first half line, anyone feel different about Philly, San Fran, first half? No, I mean, for me, it's going to like, like Philly minus one and a half is just the play. Anyone, a, anyone taking San Fran in that deal? I wouldn't. Um, the one thing I, the odds aren't what I would want, but the over for the first half is kind of interesting because the teams that have gotten on San Fran this year, I mean, go back and queue up that Raiders tape, man. They made Jared Stidham look like Jeff Hostetler for three and a half quarters. So that the teams that have gotten on them have gotten on them through the air. Um, so that over for the first half is a little interesting. Bobby. Yeah. I'm with the Eagles minus one and a half and I'm, I'm going with the over I'd say um, I take the second half under, but I think the first half could be a little bit higher scoring. You know, I, I like the over in that game just across the board. I'm really, I'm, 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 I'm a little hesitant to take the over in the first half because I could see this being like a heavyweight fight where there's, where there's just jabs in the first, in the first half, in the second half they get rolling. Um, but man, that twenty three, it's that's that sweet spot that you like. That's that sweet spot that you like because fourteen to ten, you clear this. So I, if I was gonna pick it, I would take the over in this game. Uh, let's get to the Kansas City game. Once again, first half, same question. This year, it, it really just comes down to who do you think is going to win it, win the half. It's plus 0.5 Cincy. I love this one, and the reason why I love this one is because I could very much see this game being a situation where it's tied at the half, and if I've got that hook in my pocket, let's go. Stephen, what say you? No, I mean, that is – I, I, it's it's really hard to argue with that because I mean it it's this is I really feel it's gonna be a close game throughout. I do think if anything at the half, Casey will be up. So give me give me them one uh, minus one and a half. Sean, what say you? So the yeah, I like I like getting the half a point on Cincinnati because again, I think this game's gonna be close. Um, I don't do half and quarter stuff a lot. Is that middle column like who's leading basically because it's not to win. Right. Yeah. Well, what it is over here is so the middle column, what you're seeing is that's even. If you just take even, that's the money line for it. If you, Got take, it. If, if you take that hook into your pocket, then it's a minus 120. So, Makes in sense. theory, if, if you're just if you're just wanting to say, hey, I want to make more money off of this. I and you think Cincinnati's gonna have the lead, then it would be smarter to hit the even. Okay, got it. But if you're sitting there going, man, if it's tied, I got that eat and I got that hook in my pocket, let's go, let's go. 
So that's <laughs> that's kind of the game that you play. It's kind of the same thing with KC. If you really like KC, you're like, dude, that thing could be tied at the half. You're going to lose if you take the 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 the, the minus point five, but you're getting even money back. You notice it's, it's exact opposite. And and if you take him just to win the half, it's it's minus one twenty. Okay. It's usually not available. But if you can grab it at kickoff and fi- find out who got the uh, who won the coin toss, those are always fun. I don't think they're ever going to change it, but wouldn't it be nice to know who's going to win the who won the coin toss leading into the game? Yeah, be interesting. It would. I wouldn't surprise me if down the road we get that because it would it would open up so much things in the betting world. Because if you know that. San Francisco is going to get the ball first in the second half. You're going to play the second half lines a lot different than, than you would if you're like, I, I don't know, Philly. I don't know what, you know, whatever. So um, let's go ahead and get your locks of the day and we'll go ahead and get this off the screen. Locks of the day and your one big thing. We'll start with you, Sean. So my lock is uh, kind of an interesting one. Um, but Brock Purdy to not throw an interception is plus 136. And here's what I'm betting on here. That's my lock. I don't believe Kyle Shanahan will put him in a position to throw an interception. And that's my my wager here. My wager is on Kyle Shanahan unless on Brock Purdy. Um, he could have definitely had one last week, maybe two. Um, he's definitely still looked like a rookie quarterback at times. But I think the game plan in this game – from Shanahan is going to be very specific. Um, the Eagles may force him to push the ball down the field. If they get you in third and five or longer, the Eagles, nobody heats up the pocket like the Eagles. And that's the one thing we're not talking about in this game. They bring the heat on third and five or more. Um, and I think Purdy's going to have to make some throws. 49ers still, do too. I mean, yeah, 49ers do too. Not, I mean, the Eagles have, I think it, somebody threw it out this week, like the second most sacks in the last 10 years were recorded by the Eagles this year. Now, again, I, I know, look at who they played a little bit and where some of those sacks came. A lot of them came early sure in the year. Jones, man. What's that? What are you trying to say about Daniel Jones? I'm trying to say he takes a sack here and there. Um, what are you trying to say no, about Justin Wentz, baby? Come on now. No interceptions for Brock Purdy, plus 136. My lock, which means he's absolutely going to throw one on the first pass and all three of you are going to text me. But so. What's your one big thing? My one big thing is uh, I'm pulling for the Bengals, man. And not just for Brian, but also just for the people in that neck of the woods. I, I really will not stop saying that I think they got a raw deal in the Super Bowl last year. I think a lot of calls went against them, especially in the fourth quarter. And they could have easily been world champions. Um, I really hope the Bengals win. I am the resident of all of us who are into you know bets and stuff. I'm the resident vibes scientist here. Um, I hate the vibes of trying to beat a team for the fourth straight time. That's my only big concern, but I think we're going to get it. Niners, Bengals, Super Bowl. Let's go. So we got Chiefs and we've got the the, the Eagles represented here. I don't have an Eagles helmet, so I grabbed OU. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Steven, real quick, what is your uh, lock and your walk-off? So my lock, I, I, I tried to find another, like a better uh, – pick here, but I'm just going to stick with that George Kittle over uh, 47 and a half receiving yards. He went for 95 last week against Dallas, and I think he's in great position to uh, hit that over. And my one big thing, like I I really do want the Bengals to pull it off, but 
I just, like Sean said, it, it's, it's so hard to win four times in a row against one team and you're going into KC. I just, I, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. KC, uh, Philly Super Bowl. Let's go. Okay. We will be back in a flash when we come back. Tones and, and Joey join us. Bobby Stan, the uh, the combination of Sean and Trocher are going to take a back seat and we will see them Super Bowl Sunday. We'll be back in a flash here on the key. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia. Armchair. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good afternoon, and this is your Armchair Quarterback's Sports Flash. Today is Conference Championship Sunday. We'll keep it short and sweet and give you the lines as we get ready for the greatest day of the year in the National Football League. 3 o'clock Eastern on Fox. The Philadelphia Eagles, two-and-a-half-point favorite. They're at home at the link. The over-under sits at 46. And Bengals, Chiefs, and Burrowhead, Cincinnati getting one and a half points with the hobbled Patrick Mahomes over under 48. Both teams fighting to punch their ticket to Super Bowl 57 in Glendale, Arizona, February 12th, 6.30 Eastern. Our kickoff show that day will come on from 1 to 3 p.m. to get you ready right here on Braves Country HD, the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show. And that's your Armchair Quarterback Sports Flash. Stay tuned right here on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia, simulcasting on YouTube.com at Braves Country. Try to stop smoking. That's a beauty, huh? Well, with cigarettes, my wife and I, we made a deal, my wife and I. We only smoke after sex. I've got the same pack now since 1975. <laughs> what bothers me is my wife. She's up to three packs a day. We're down to one strike here. It's 0-2. Guriel, the last hope for the Houston Astros. And here's the 0-2 pitch. Swung on, bounced over to Dansby. Dansby fires it over to first. And here comes the dog pile. Fire the cannons in the battery. Do the chop, baby. All throughout Braves country, pop that top. Your Atlanta Braves have won it all. Armchair. You'll do anything to stay healthy. So isn't it time to think about your water? Aquasana water filters remove contaminants other filters don't, like lead, bacteria, viruses, and pesticides. Up to 99% of 88 contaminants, while leaving vital minerals you need like potassium, calcium, and magnesium. Visit waterfilter.com now for pure, delicious water and the ultimate peace of mind. Aquasana, better water, better you. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. Your true friends are the people in your life that totally get your inside jokes, your unique style, most important, what you want to eat. Taco Bell knows that when you get together with your real friends, it doesn't matter what you're doing, but hey, it might as well be something that everybody can get into, like the taco and burrito cravings pack with four crunchy tacos and four beefy five-layer burritos. So even if you're all sitting around doing absolutely nothing, 
you know you'll still have a good time. It's Taco Bell's Taco and Burrito Cravings Pack. Get it for the friends that get it. You're listening to WQEE, the key in Noonan, Georgia, home of Braves Country, weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, right here on the key and YouTube.com at Braves Country. Hey, where's my tickets to the Sonics game? They were here just a second ago. Somebody stole my tickets to the Sonics game! The stakes! This is total BS! This is... Oh, got it. Got it. Okay, where's the french fries? I ordered french fries. The stakes! This is total BS! Hey, Vermoy is gonna... Oh, here they are. Where's my power bar? I had a power bar here. Someone stole my power bar! The stakes! This is total BS! This is... Oh, here it is. Hey, where the hell's my Lasorda tape? This is total... Oh, got it. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. He's the All-American man. Welcome back and joining us is Tampa Tones. We've lost Joey for a second. We'll get it figured out. Tampa, how are you? Good. <laughs> NFC uh, Championship Weekend, man. Can't beat it. I know we just talked uh, two days ago now, man. These days are flying by, but I'm excited to be here talking about it. Let's go. As we bring Joey in, uh, see if he's done uh, chewing his fingernails. Uh, <laughs> I had to hide you there, Joey. You're chewing your fingernails. I, I noticed the other day as I was watching the replay, I was like, man, we got to get him some, something on those nails. Uh, a pedicure or manicure. Well, I, actually, actually, that'd be pretty impressive if you could chew your toenails. <laughs> Probably back in the day in high school, not anymore. And, and you know, there's always someone weird into that. <laughs> so it's twenty. Always a way to make money off the weirdness. How are you today, sir? I'm just ready for two great games. Like I mentioned earlier in the week, I think this is one of the best. Uh, two game championship weekends we've had with, you know, I mean, all four teams respectfully so deserve to be here and I can't wait to watch them. So it's going to be an exciting Sunday evening and uh, let's do it. Yeah. I, um, I get, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm on the fence on if, if I'm glad that the Cincinnati game is the late game or if I were, would have preferred it to be the early game. Um, I would, I would have liked to have seen what the elements would be like, in Philadelphia, a night game, San Francisco, but maybe San Francisco's got a better chance of pulling off the upset mm-hmm. if they, uh, as a day game. Um, the I'm trying to think of the way that the light goes down in Philly. I would think fourth quarter, it's it's, it's going to be pretty dark in that stadium. Mm-hmm. So, not that that'll make a big difference, but early on in the game, the, the way the shadows hit. You you could see a big play being affected by that. You shouldn't have any of that going on in in the night game, uh, but it is supposed to be really cold there. Um, so, good luck if you're going out there. But the good news is, if if you went out to Kansas City to watch the game and tailgate, someone's roasting a pig somewhere, and you'll probably enjoy yourself pregame. I don't know about during the game, but you'll you'll enjoy yourself pregame. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia, I don't know what they're known for. I mean, just Philly cheesesteaks, but you can't really pregame those things. I guess you got Andy Reid. I heard Andy Reid. I can't believe that no one brought this up. I was watching a show the other day, and they had a clip where you could only hear Andy Reid. You didn't see Andy Reid. 
And I was like, is he on a Stairmaster? Like everything they asked him, he was out of breath. <laughs> dude, that, dude, that's scary, man. And yeah. I really don't want to make too much light of it because, you know, he'll drop dead on us and everyone's going to be like, oh, McGee said. I mean, I'm just worried about the guy. I mean, he literally, every time he, he had a breath and he was sitting down, every time that he spoke, it was, well, you know, I'm like, dude, either you either sound like you're on, on the, on the stairmaster, or you sound like that, you know, I should have blocked your call. <laughs> either way. All right, let's get into it. Um, and we will be giving y'all the, the updates of the, uh, of the, the Mount Rushmore of conference championship games that comes up here on the end, end of the show. And I jotted down everyone's because it was it was kind of interesting where a lot of people went. There were a couple that were by far on there, and then there were others that, that just missed them. So we do have some honorable mentions on that. What about the Super Bowl futures? And the reason why I bring this up, because when you talk about Super Bowl futures in these games, so what you're doing is you're projecting who would who would uh be the favorite to win it if so in other words we'll just say for instance if philly plays kansas kansas city the two the two uh, favorites today who would be the favorite and i was wondering kind of get the idea from y'all as far as what what are your favorite future bowl super plays between that and the and the mvps start with you bobby um well, I'm not sure if this is what you're asking, but for Super Bowl MVP, I guess, um, I got Jalen Hurts. I saw him at plus 300. Um, I think the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. They're my predict- prediction right now. Um, and I think it'd be, it would take a huge effort from either A.J. Brown or uh, Devontae Smith to take away the Super Bowl MVP from him. So I think he'll get it at plus 300. Tones, what say you? One bet I really like is a future bet. I know Bobby just said he's confident in the Eagles. I personally like AFC Conference to win the Super Bowl. You could get that at minus 110. It's pretty much a pick em. I think the Bengals-Chiefs winner will ultimately go on to win the Super Bowl. So I like the AFC Conference winner to win that. And then as far as MVP concerns for the Super Bowl, eh, let's go with the guy who's uh, – been there, done that before, although he's a little banged up. Patrick Mahomes is pretty good value, in my opinion. Uh, last time I checked, he was times 400. Not sure if that changed or not. But if you could get Mahomes, put 20 on it to win 80, oh, why not? Joey, what what is your favorite super uh, future? Excuse me. Uh, when I'm looking at the MVPs, I'm trying to stay away from the quarterbacks because they have the lowest odds. But I do like... For example, if San Fran were to win the Super Bowl, Christian McCaffrey could be right in the thick of things. I like him at plus 1,400. Uh, From the AFC side of things, Travis Kelsey, look, Mahomes is going to be a little hobbled regardless of what happens in either of these games most likely. And Kelsey's his favorite target at plus 2,500. So I'm kind of looking at some more gadget players. McCaffrey plus 1,400. Kelsey plus 2,500 for Super Bowl MVP. So the running backs I liked, I, I talked to it about it all week. In fact, at one point, I, I grabbed it at 15 to 1, so it was plus 1,500 uh, CMC for the Super Bowl MVP. Because if they do get there and they do win it, I look, you could see Brock Purdy throwing for under 200 yards and McCaffrey going off and being the reason why they win it, right? 
Mm-hmm. The question I have for y'all is let's let's take San Francisco out of the mix. Say Philly, Cincy, or Kansas City win the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Is there any realistic way that if it's not a running back that has just some ridiculous game, that it's not one of their quarterbacks that win it? Because if let, let's say Kelsey goes out there and scores two touchdowns, three touchdowns, 120 yards passing, does that not mean that Mahomes throws for 304 or five touchdowns? Mm-hmm. That would, in today's game, like 20, 30 years ago, people voted on this. They, they were really more uh, logical than, than what they are nowadays. All the analytics that we're surrounded by, today's Super Bowl voting always just seems to go to the winning quarterback. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that with the Bucks not too long ago, a couple of years back. Gronk was the one who got them that big lead, had a couple touchdowns early, had a big game, and then Brady was the one who won MVP. So Which, I don't know if that was right. Do you? No, I, I think Gronk should have won it, to be honest. I think he played the most important role in that game. If you take away those two touchdowns from Gronk, we don't get that big surge of energy. I know Brady threw those, but Gronk was the one who really propelled us to that big lead. And then uh, James White should have won it. And uh, I forget the year exactly, but he had a big year once, and Brady still won it as well. So I love Tom Brady, but he got lucky with two Super Bowl MVPs. And awards. to be honest with you, the most valuable players for Tampa Bay that year was their defense. Correct. They won because they couldn't because they, they didn't have a puncher's chance. Um, the first Tampa Bay Super Bowl was actually won by defensive player Dexter um, Jackson. Do you know where Dexter Jackson went to went to college? Florida State, uh, I'm going to guess. The Florida State University. There you go. And, and, to add, and to add on to top of that, Peyton Manning's first Super Bowl in 06 against the Bears, he was not close to the MVP in terms of statistics, and they just gave it to him. So it is very hard to your point. Uh, I know Kelsey was one of my plays, but sometimes, you know, the star power quarterback name, they win the Super Bowl and they don't have a bad game. They're just going to win it simply. By the way, he wasn't the first Seminole to win the Super Bowl MVP. Anyone have a guess? Of who that may have been. Mm. No Googling. Uh, I don't even know if you could Google it fast enough. <laughs> You're taking I don't it. want my hands anywhere up here. I'll just uh, they've named an award after him, Fred Bolitnikoff. Fred Bolitnikoff. Uh, yeah. The the so here's the interesting one. If you really think that Cincinnati's gonna win on on uh today. And you think that they're going to win on Super Bowl Sunday. They're plus 290 right now to win the Super Bowl. That's an interesting one. Now, San Fran's got got the best odds uh, or highest odds at plus 350. But you have to be a big-time San Francisco homer to believe that, right? Mm -hmm. Because if they do win, they're going to be an underdog in the the Super Bowl no matter who they play. If they play Cincy, it might be a pick but... I think I think the line would would swing to Burrow. That's why I kind of like the AFC uh, conference championship at minus one ten because either way I think they're going to be favored perhaps especially if San Fran wins and uh, I, I like that get the odds while you can and a pick them at minus one ten. And the lowest odds right now is for Philadelphia, uh, plus two forty, and actually Fanduel it's plus two thirty. Those are terrible odds. Mm-hmm. Because you're basically, I mean, that's basically parlaying that they win today and that they win Super Bowl Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's 
Don't do that. If you if you if you believe in one of the others, okay. But don't don't go to FanDuel and bet plus two thirty for for Philly to win the Super Bowl. You should if you were going to do that, you should have done that at the beginning of the playoffs where, where the odds were much higher. At this point, you're better off just betting today and then betting again on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, let's get into the eh, we've already hit the MVP race. Um, real quick. Of all these games, looking at the futures odds, here is one that the super, uh, excuse me, the NFL MVP. I'll pull up the the numbers real quick to win the NFL MVP. Hertz and Mahomes are sitting dead even at plus three fifty. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow as well. I must have pulled up the Super Bowl odds. Okay. I th- it said NFL MVP odds, and I pulled up the Super Bowl odds. But you know what? Let's get back into that. That's actually a little more interesting. Who Who is going to win the MVP this year? For the regular uh, season. Bobby. Mahomes. You think it's going to be Mahomes? Mm-hmm. Uh I, I think it'll be Mahomes as well. I just if you take him away from that team, I think the Chiefs are a Who lot worse. Win? Who should win it? Hurts if he didn't get hurt. He's only hurt two games. And it was pretty obvious they needed him because they couldn't get across the fifty yard line against the Saints. Didn't Minshew bring him a W though, or am I wrong on that? No. I don't think they won with him. No. I'm gonna that's why I'm gonna go where it hurts for a couple a couple of reasons. Number one uh, that everyone thought, you know, a lot of people were on that Giants train last week, kind of feeling them, myself included, and the Eagles just blew them out of the water once Hurts came back to the lineup. That team, the first 14 games of the season, was just electric. We went to Colts-Eagles this year, Tones and I. The Colts were up 16-3, to and then the Eagles in the fourth quarter with like eight minutes left. Jalen Hurts just makes a couple big plays and wins it. So I think in terms of Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles, this man isn't getting enough credit. He should be the MVP. I agree, too. I think that, look, I see Hurts as the MVP. The two games that he missed, Minshew played well, but they did lose in Dallas. Then mm-hmm. they then he played terribly against the Saints. Mm-hmm. And Hurts had to come back and play week 18 to win that game against New York, or they would not have gotten the first round bye. So he was, what, 14-1? and one? As a starter this year, or fifteen and one, and I know it doesn't make the biggest difference, but he also made the biggest leap, obviously, out of these other quarterbacks like Mahomes. He's built himself up already. Joe Burrow, he went to the Super Bowl last year. I know it doesn't play a huge factor, but hurts his leaps and bounds this year from a rookie to now. You got, I just more credit to him. You know, the other thing is this whole narrative that people have of, well, it's the system, it's the system, it's the system. That's why. Mah- are we, are we going to try to sit here and pretend that Mahomes isn't benefiting from Andy Reid's coaching? I mean, come on. What are we talking I think, about? I think Mahomes will get the MVP just because he's already got the first team all pro nod over Hertz. Um, I do think Hertz has a great case for it, and I'd probably vote for him if I mm-hmm. you know, had any say in it. Um, looking at how different the team was when he wasn't in the lineup, 
it was night and day. He's been huge for that team. And I'll tell you something else that I don't like about it is um, just across the board. I don't like the fact that everyone seems to in the NFL and in uh, the NBA, they always default and just give it to who they think the best player is. Right. Mm -hmm. And I kind of go of the, of the line of the way we kind of vote for coach of the year. You don't ever give it to the same guy twice. Essentially. I would like to see more of that because I think it's more fun to have more MVPs. And and the, the thing that annoys me as well, uh, we talked about it briefly, but I hate how it's just pretty much a quarterback's award at this point. I mean, look at us. We yeah. haven't even mentioned another position. All we have is mentioned Mahomes, Hurts, maybe it's Burrow. quarterback's league, unfortunately. I mean, it, that's it, just the way it is. Until they change the rules back to where they allow defense, that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, I agree, but I'm just saying uh, some other guys are considerable mentioned some years. This year, maybe not, but some I mean, look at last year. Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup had two of the best receivers for their positions, respectively, and didn't really get there. So just more to your point, it's just so hard these days. I mean, I'll give you an example how it's changed. So the first year that popped in my head was 1985. Marcus Allen was the MVP. You don't see running backs getting it anymore. But more to the point of the voting in general, the most the most valuable players in the 1985 season was the Chicago Bear defense. Mm-hmm. And you could have gone – there's like four guys you could have given it to that had much more impressive years than what Marcus Allen did. The Raiders were – they were good that year. But the but the Bears were absolutely phenomenal in a runaway freight train. Mm-hmm. It, it's like the Heisman, kind of the same thing now. These elite defenders, it's harder and harder for them to win it. Yeah, and the same thing with the – I don't know if we'll ever get another Super Bowl MVP for uh, defense. No, I remember I put like $2 on Eli Apple to win it last year because it would have paid like 550 bucks or something crazy. Maybe, like a, maybe a Nick Bosa if the 49ers got there. Maybe a Bosa. Maybe, but, but they're, they're more it. likely that's to default to Christian McCaffrey. Right, right. They'll say, well, they won the game six to nothing, but look at the, <laughs> but, but look at the three first downs that, that, that uh, McCaffrey gutted out. <laughs> the Seahawks had a Super Bowl MVP. Honor. Who who was the Super Bowl MVP in the Seahawks and Broncos Super Bowl? I remember it was the defender for the Seahawks. Was I don't Bob, think it was, was Bruce, Bruce Irvin, Irvin. Was it? It might have been Bruce Irvin, but that that's probably the most recent um, good call defensive player to get an award like that. I think it was Bruce Irvin because I don't think it was Bobby Wagner. I think that would be too yeah. vanilla. But yeah. I, and that Bruce Irvin was beloved there, so that would yeah, no, it wasn't Richard Sherman either, <laughs> the Shermanator. It wasn't Brandon Brown, or he was off doing steroids somewhere. <laughs> that was one of those uh, Super Bowls. I did not watch the end of it, so I didn't even um, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't even remember. Maybe middle of the second quarter, I turned it off. I was like, "This is yeah. a snore fest." It was what Malcolm is- Smith, by the way. That's who it was. Oh, Malcolm Smith. Malcolm Smith. Okay. What? He had a great game. I think he had a pick. Um, he had a bunch of sacks. He had a monster game. Everybody played well for the Seahawks. In that one. He fell off so hard after that, I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, because it sounds like a made-up name at this point. Malcolm who? <laughs> Madden created player. <laughs> <laughs> 
I did not realize that we've had it as as recently as Super Bowl Fifty. Von Miller won it. Mm, him too. Yeah. Player. Oh, that game. Yeah, that well, was a that was when that thing. was when that was when Manning was a shell of his old self. Though you know yeah. what I'm saying. Like he was still yeah, a great yeah. veteran leader out there, but he he really easy. Do not speak ill of the dead. <laughs> I'm not. I love Manning. I'm just saying he was uh, benched that year for Osweiler for a little bit. He, although he ultimately saved the Broncos. Uh, you I don't know how like, important it is to win the Super, Super Bowl MVP anyways. Not only you have Malcolm Smith, but back-to-back years, back-to-back-to-back years, you had Eli Manning, Joe Flacco, and, and Malcolm Smith. So is it really that important? <laughs> San Antonio have, Holmes won the Super Bowl MVP. You have one Hall of Famer there, perhaps. Leon Branch won the MVP. <laughs> okay, so maybe with these people we're naming, though, maybe it is a little easier to win the Super Bowl MVP than we thought because there's we're naming a pretty good list here. now. I do remember the Larry Brown one. Mm-hmm. That was the Steelers Cowboys, and the, and he had that that huge interception. Pretty sure it was a pick six that was in a key part of the game. I think he had two interceptions overall. The Bucks could have had a couple defensive Super Bowl MVPs in their original Super Bowl. They had four pick sixes in total, two of them by Dwight Smith. Dexter Jackson, he got one. Dwight Smith got two, and Jackson won it over Smith. But Jackson's interceptions were more important in that game. Derek Brooks ultimately had one as well, but that was a butt whooping on defense. Richard Dent won the Super Bowl twenty MVP, which was the '85 season of the Bears I was just referring to. And you could have made a, an argument for him to win the, the NFL MVP that year, or Wilbur Marshall. Mm-hmm. Do you know where Wilbur Marshall went to college? Florida. Florida. <laughs> He's a gator. I said oh. Florida. Do your research, Squire, if you're going to be a gator fan. If you're, you're going to have that gator junk hanging out behind you, know who your gators are. Well, he wasn't even born yet. I said Florida. It doesn't but, matter. You, know. you, you, you think I saw Fred Bullitt in a golf play at Florida State? <laughs> hey, I'm just giving Bobby a little pat on the back here. Come on now. Thank you. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> I think if you took our four favorite sports teams and combine them all, we're we're covering the whole USA pretty much. I mean, Joe Namath won a Super Bowl MVP, so it it, it can't be that important. (laughs) Broadway Joe. Of all the linebackers to have won one, I would have never guessed Chuck Howley. I mean, it's really just luck. You know, it's who made the important play when all eyes were on the TV. It's kind of luck, not like. 100% Here's an interesting luck, tale but... about Chuck Howley. Do you know what makes him uh, unique of Super Bowl MVPs? And he, and he didn't go to Florida State. That's not it. <laughs> he is the only player from a losing team to be named MVP. Wow. Oh, that wow. I didn't even know five, that. that was, uh, I don't have him in front of me the score, but that was that low-scoring game between the Cowboys and the and the Colts. And, and to me, that should never be a thing. They could even have a great game, but still, if your team wins, whoever makes the most important impact on the winning team should ultimately get it because if your team loses, well, you obviously could have done a little more to win the game. Colts won on a last-second field goal, and that was so And that was so long ago that that was back when, um, A, I, I remember the video of it. The kicker just went straight up and kicked it, you know, flat-footed kicked it. And B, the, the the goalposts were at the front of the end zone. I was going to say, was that the time when they were in front? <laughs> How the hell did they ever do? I mean, whoever thought that was a wise idea? 
Safety was not a thing, apparently, because I, I just throw the ball forward. I'd have been like, yo, can we move this back? <laughs> Do we think a special teamer will ever win it? You know, you had kickers if they go five for five in a game, or if a yeah. kicker turner has a what year was that? Uh, 19. I was gonna say, seven. Desmond Howard. There we go. Where did he go? The He's U. Michigan man. Michigan. Michigan. Mr. Heisman Trophy himself. Yep, that's right. He's always on the morning ESPN show. That's how I know that one. I feel like I've I've forgotten more football than most people will ever know. All right. <laughs> Bobby, making room for Doug here in a second. What is your lock of the day and what is your one big thing? My lock of the day. I got the Eagles covering tonight. I got them at minus two and a half. Um, I, I think I don't think they run away with this one necessarily, but I think they win pretty comfortably. Um, I like the Eagles to go on and win the Super Bowl as well. They're my lock of the day. And then my one big thing, I'm walking it off. Let's not forget who Patrick Mahomes is. Um, I know we had this discussion on Friday. But look, Patrick Mahomes, he has an MVP. Burrow does not. Patrick Mahomes, two first-team All-Pros. Burrow has none. Patrick Mahomes has five Pro Bowls. Burrow has one. Patrick Mahomes has a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP to Burrow's none. I know Burrow has been great, and I know he has Mahomes' number right now, but don't forget who Patrick Mahomes is. That's all I got for you guys. Wow. He's coming in hot. I'm bringing the evidence. I'm bringing the evidence. We had this talk. I'm bringing my, I'm bringing my proof now. Are you wearing an Oklahoma Sooner jersey? What is I'm not. It? I'm wearing a Kyler Murray oh, oh, no. jersey. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're I, I walk off for you is <laughs> let's not forget who Kyler Murray is. <laughs> You'll see with Sean Payton. You'll see when Sean Payton's coaching him. <laughs> this this Oklahoma, this is this is for Jalen Hurts and not for Kyler Murray. <laughs> All right. Whatever. We're, we're gonna take a quick break. Bobby, we'll see you next time. Um, Doug's joining us here in a second, and we're gonna take you all the way to kickoff. We'll be back in a flash. Been all over the world, beat them all, and it's hard to believe, isn't it? Really hard to believe that so much man could be wrapped in such a good-looking package. Hey, sports fans. The Key has a brand new show. Braves Country is coming your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time on WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. We'll be talking the Atlanta Braves and Major League Baseball along with everything important to sports fans in Braves Country. The SEC, ACC, Big Ten, and the National Football League and the big sports news of the day. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. right here on WQEE The Key, 99.1 FM, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Hey, y'all, I'm Mac McGee, and you don't want to miss as we cover the entire NFL on Armchair Quarterback Radio. 12-0 Chicago Bears. If they could go all the way, they would be 19-0. The last undefeated team in pro football history, these Miami Dolphins. 72-14-0. Regular season, after the Super Bowl, they were 17-0. For third down and six. Cooper, Moore, and Clayton. Out of the way. Into the arms of Clayton. 
Oh, and are things going right for the Dolphins tonight? 42-yard touchdown, batted into the air at the line of scrimmage. This is vintage Monday Night Football. Final seconds ticking off. Bears will not go undefeated. What a victory for the Dolphins. And Dan Marino reigns supreme once again. Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGinn, the armchair quarterbacks, weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m., drive time on WQEE. I think you should retire. Come on, Frank. I'm sorry, but Maria's my wife. And if I can't support her in this, then she'll be like an ice pick in my ear until I die. Well, the season's finally here, and the players hit the field. And every man feels like a boy, and every wife could kill. Because he's the armchair quarterback. Welcome back. He's full of beer, and he's full of snacks. He's the All-American man. Not quite sure what's going on with Doug, but we ain't got time. We're taking all the way to the top of the hour. We're rocking and rolling in the link as Kansas City and Cincinnati will be on the horizon, but you'll get San Francisco versus or at the Philadelphia Eagles, and we are going to take you all the way to the top of the hour. So let's go ahead and start off with this Mount Rushmore. I know a lot of people hate these Mount Rushmores, but I thought this one was a little more fun. Um, this is the Mount Rushmore of the conference championship games. I'm going to say probably of the modern era, because no one really brought up any of the ones pre 1978 ish. Right. Mm -hmm. So essentially you're looking at from super bowl, 13 or 14 on. So, you know, the last 40 years, which I, I think is a decent, Measuring stick. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna preface it this way: the cheese stands alone. There was one that got more votes than any of them, so I'm not even gonna put that on the Mount Rushmore. It's the goat, and it's the, it's the gold standard that all others will always be held up to. And it may not be fair because it was the beginning of cable TV. It was the beginning of national sports coverage and wall to wall. But the 1982, the January of 82, but it is 81 season, the catch mm -hmm. of San Francisco 49ers starting their dynasty against the Dallas Cowboys and Dwight Clark's catch in the back of the end zone is to this day, in my opinion, the best. And it's, it's, it's when I voted for it's one that said, I sent this out to several, not, not just guys on the shows, but also our loyal listeners. And, um, it was the one that kept coming on and on and on and on again. So I went ahead and put it off to the side because it was so damn popular. I was like, this thing doesn't even belong on the Mount Rushmore. This thing, whatever you build up to sit on top of the Mount Rushmore, this is the thing that's going to look down on it. And it's mm -hmm. going to be a picture of Dwight Clark in the back of the end zone making that catch while Joe Montana's off his back foot getting chased by Randy White threading the needle in what could only be described as, I mean, it's if you've never seen the game, do yourself a favor sometime this week. Go on to YouTube and just, and just watch the game. It was an improbable game. And you, what do you have to understand, too, is this is the in the middle, or it's it, it's essentially ends the Dallas Cowboys dynasty. And what a lot of folks don't realize is that this was already a bitter rivalry 
from the 1960s on 49ers versus Dallas, but it was Joe Montana coming onto the scene. This is pre Jerry Rice. This is, this is what laid it all out. So that one stands alone, but the next one that we have on there is if I can get a pick up here, I should have had this set up prior to it, it would really make more, uh, more of a, of a, here we go. Well, you know what? Um, see if I can actually get the picture that I'm looking for. Ah, nowhere to be found. Well, this is close enough. You know what? This is close enough. Um, let's go ahead and hit this one. I'll go ahead and share it onto the screen. If you're, if, if you're watching online, I'm going to put it in the screen. Any guesses of what the second most popular one was? Joey. Uh, All right. I don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm, I would go with one of mine. I would go with one. Of, oh, wow. The drive. Oh, wow. yeah, that's a good one. And yep. that, once again, I, I know that predates y'all a little bit. Um, here's Doug. Doug's alarm clock finally, uh, you know. Yeah, off. really. <laughs> You're the last one to join us today, and you still overslept. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Doug, we're going over the, the Mount Rushmore's, and we put one ahead of all of them because it got so many votes, it didn't even belong in the same list. So the one at the very, very top was Dwight Clark catch in the back of the end zone, the catch number two, undoubtedly was this one here. The, the drive. Yes. I remember it very vividly. And I remember, I think that was one of the first times as a young kid in the NFL that I really understood the game isn't over till it's over. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people forget about this, or if they didn't watch it, they're just not aware of it is the fact that uh, that get, that play just took them to overtime. Yeah. But it was a 98-yard drive from their own two-yard line back then when the passing game was much, much different, and it was dinking and dunking down the field in Elway. We thought Elway was heading to a Super Bowl championship. He did not. He got his clock cleaned by the Giants but that doesn't take away the greatness of that game. Very true. So the next one, I'm not sure exactly what y'all can see because I can't see what y'all see as I'm, as I'm typing it in. Um, <laughs> but the next one on the list that got the second most is, eh, is there an actual, meh. Well, here we go. This is close enough. Um, going to go ahead and unshare this and we're going to share the next one oops that's a video i don't want to share a video <laughs> i'm going to share told you what the heck that was about oh my word that's okay there's not really a well you know what this 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 was a pretty big play in the game um let's go with this let's see here all right Another stupid video. All right. Well, here we go. I'm just going to go ahead and share it. And hopefully uh, y'all can see it from the view that I can see. Cause this is going into the, here we go. 
what you're looking at is this over here, the 1992 Cowboys Niners. Mm. And it wasn't that great of a game. It was a good game. It wasn't a great game, 30-20, but it got a lot of votes. And I think it was because the main thing is, is one of them sent me, it signified the end of the 49ers dominance and dynasty, and it, and it springboarded the Cowboys into their run in, in the in the 90s. Um, I mean, honestly, one of the ones that never got mentioned that I, th- I was a little surprised, especially because we have a resident Colts fan, the 95 AFC championship game between the Steelers and the Colts that came down to the very end, there was a Hail Mary. If you haven't ever seen it, uh, Joey, because it's a little bit before your time, go back and see the video. Harbaugh chucks a Hail Mary in the end zone, and they almost caught it. I mean, it was in their hand, and they almost caught it. I've seen a replay of that one. I still I, I still would go with 06 when Manning got his first one in the biggest comeback in conference championship history. But that hardball game, I've seen replays of it. That was a lot of fun, that run they had, because nobody projected that Colts team to do much that year. They were still the laughing stock of the NFL uh, until really that season when Harbaugh made a surprise run and won in Kansas City. Right, but the actual game itself was phenomenal. I was I was pulling for the Colts. I was I was all in, man. I was I was not a Steeler fan. I wanted I didn't want Cowboys Steelers. I wanted to see Cinderella, um, and maybe it was all for the best because they might have gotten their doors blown off, probably. <laughs> but that's what I was pulling for. All right, the next one. Um, let's see, I don't see an actual. We'll just go with this. This is the closest thing that I can find is was just preferenced by Joey. The next hey, hey. Most popular one was the 06. And the biggest thing that people need to remember about this one, if you've forgotten it a little bit is this game started off 21 to three Patriots. Yep. And those of us pulling for the Colts, I mean, I was really pulling for Peyton Manning, but this point goes, like, oh, God, here we go again. Man. <laughs> the monkey, yeah, like you just said, the monkey wasn't off his back. Asante Samuel gets that pick six, and a lot of people think that game is already over. I was watching this game. I'd just gotten off work at a restaurant bar that I worked at in Middle Tennessee. Just gotten off, gotten my first beer, sat down. <laughs> Most of us were pulling for Peyton Manning for obvious reasons in Middle Tennessee. Remember, there was this one, this one jack leg that we were friends with. It was a Patriots fan. God, he's driving us nuts. Anyways, he's twenty-one to three. I was like, oh my god. So then the tequila started flowing. <laughs> and here, here comes the comeback. And and, uh, and I remember when 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 they won that game. I mean, we were celebrating it like it was our team. We were all. We're, it, it made the Super Bowl so anticlimactic. Because it, it really did because that Super Bowl against the Bears in the rain was kind of a snooze fest turnover. Right. Yeah. Uh, and Peyton Manning, look, we lost to the Patriots three times prior to that, usually in Foxborough. Uh, this was a Steve Young, get me the monkey off your back type of game, and it brought so much joy to me. I'm, I'm glad it made the cut. And here is the next one, and then I do have some uh, – um, some uh, – Got some honorable mentions. I probably won't do the the pictures because it takes too long to navigate over. Let me see if we can find this. I'm trying to find the one shot that made this game like everybody remembers it. 
Um, anyone take a wild guess what the fourth one on the Mount Rushmore is? Is it post-2000 or pre-2000? Uh, pre. Here's the play. Here's a portion of, of the play. This is the play that not only changed the game, but it changed the franchise in the direction they went. It also changed the direction of a franchise that is playing today. It was post the grace of the great 49ers Cowboys of the 1980, 81, sorry. And it was pre 2000. Does that give anyone any, any clues? One of the teams is playing today and Mm. the injury changed that team and another team who is playing today. So it wasn't against two teams that were going up against each other, but they were very significant. It was a very significant play that changed the trajectory of both. Anyone else? All right, without further ado, we'll bring you the number four one. San Fran at Washington, is it? You got one right. The hit. Giants versus 49ers, 1990, 15-13. I actually brought this game up within the past couple weeks. I want to say it was to Joey where uh, I told you there there wasn't a a touchdown scored by the Giants. Oh, that's right. Five field goals to beat. Realize this was a rematch. The reason why this is so big, this was a rematch of earlier in the year where the two teams were undefeated on Monday Night Football. I want to say they were 10-0. and 0. It was somewhere in that neighborhood, and it was a big deal. It was a big buildup. San Fran won it, and it was the rematch. And because San Fran won it, they got the home field advantage. And there were a lot of matchups with Giants and, and 49ers in the 80s, and this kind of put a cap on the whole thing. But that hit you're seeing is Joe Montana getting smoked by Leonard uh, – oh, jeez, what is his name – Doug, can you help me out there? What a uh, Leonard. Uh, oh, please. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. Leonard Marshall. Leonard Marshall. Yeah, Leonard Marshall. He, he drops him. When he drops him, the injury ends up hurting Montana so bad. He has to have back surgery, and they shuffle in Steve Young. And that leads to Joe Montana heading to the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's why it's actually relevant to both to, to two franchises today. And that was the famous one where the Bills beat a much more talented and heavy favorited uh, team in the Super Bowl of the Buffalo Bills, the beginning of the Buffalo Bills era. That was the wide, wide right kick by, uh, what was his name, Norwide. Scott Norwood, Scott Norwide. Scott that, Norwood, yeah. That was the, the so that was the beginning of it. And we don't get that. Everyone was gearing up for 49ers Bills. Doug can tell you everyone was 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 looking forward to a shootout. Mm-hmm. Because the Niners are also back to back Super Bowl champions. Okay, so that's another reason why that game was so big. They were back-to-back Super Bowl champions. They were crushing everybody. They're going to take care of this crappy Giants team that can't move the ball. They're, they rely on a running quarterback who's not very 
good throwing the ball. They're just going to run the ball and play defense. That's not going to beat the Niners. Does that sound familiar with the New York Giants football club? <laughs> the only it's it's very much what what happened this year. The only difference is that Giants defense was elite, and yeah. they, you could not. This this was the this was the, I guess, I guess you'd probably say this was the height, the the prime of Lawrence Taylor, wouldn't you, Doug? Yeah, Taylor Marshall and uh, oh, I can't remember. yeah, remember Carl? That entire linebacking core was filthy, and they had just they they were the original ones in the NFL to. Do the three four defense before that yep. it was unheard of. And it's what it made it po- it made it possible. That linebacker core proved that a three four can work. Because Lawrence Taylor was that dog. Yep. Kids, if you have not seen Lawrence Taylor in action, pull up his videos. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. We have not seen a, a player. We have not seen anyone affect a sport as much as Lawrence Taylor did since or before. And I, I'm even including Michael Jordan because he came in and he made everyone go, Oh, it'd be good to have edge rushers. Yep. It's it took some teams longer than it should have, but p- people started by the midway through Lawrence Taylor's career, you started carrying about your deep. They were more looking for defensive ends, but there were a lot of teams going to the three, four. And I still think that's the best defense that I ever saw for several. The bears 85 defense was the best for one season, but for a long period of time for like, we'll say five to seven years, it was the giants. And they wore the helmets the right way with giants on the side. Giants. Not that, why lowercase crap? All right, nothing in memory lane. Well, that's, actually, that's a lie. These are the uh, <laughs> these are the mentions. Uh, let me let me get to the actual voting of the honorable mentions. Um, honorable mentions that that were voted several times. One of them was, where is it at? Here's the list. Okay, 2021 Bengals, Kansas City. I mean, that was a pretty good one. I don't know if I would have ever put them up there. The Jags, New England one in 2017 season. Mm. I kind of forgot about it. I mean, that really was. I mean, dude, the Jags won that game if they get the right calls by the refs. Unbelievably yeah. stupid. Unbelievably stupid how that whole fumble return was was called back. Was that Miles Jacks that scooped that up? Mm-hmm. He said he was down. He wasn't down. It changed the entire trajectory of the game. Um, Minnesota. Saints. But one that got more than that was the Minnesota-Atlanta. In 90, was that the 98 season? 98, yeah. Of course, Atlanta won, but what everybody remembers is that missed kick by Morton Anderson, who had been perfect. Or was that Gary Anderson? I always got the two of those kickers mixed up. But they, I want to say that was Morton. But he had been perfect all year long, and he shanked a gimme for Minnesota. He went straight Maher mode. 
<laughs> and I still say it's his fault that we got that crappy Super Bowl because, man, that Minnesota team versus the Broncos team going for back to backs that would have been fun. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a first actual Super Bowl two that my memory goes back to. Um, for me, I remember my dad get the Sports Illustrated the Super Bowl coins that Broncos Falcons Super Bowl is the first one I can vividly remember plays from. They. Uh... That was the year of the Dirty Bird. Yep. Yep, the Dirty Bird. We got a little Come action figure. We got an action figure. He was like jumping sideways. I, I have it somewhere in my room. I don't know where it is. Gary Anderson. That was Gary. Gary Anderson. Gary Anderson. Don't make me feel Morton. old when that's your biggest memory. Morton Anderson was the one. <laughs> Sorry, for, uh, at one point, he, he picked for, he, he kicked for the Falcons, but he, he was also a Saints kicker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think Morton was the one that kicked till he was like 60. I mean, it was ridiculous. With the single face mask cross, I feel like he never let that go either. The single bar face mask. Yeah, the one. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I think he was one of the last people to do it. <laughs> I mean, I think he he kicked not like 13, 14 years ago. I remember he wore like the 1970s bar. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. The speaking of things they don't do anymore with kickers, I want to see. Um, do you know? Let me see. I, I'm, I'm gonna throw a name at Doug's probably gonna know this, but this is for the, the two younger guys, Joey and um, what would be the most famous one? Maybe Tony Franklin, Paul McFat. Do you know what Tony Franklin did in kicking that you don't see anymore? Je- Jeff Wilkins was another one. I want to know because I got nothing. Drop kick or like the drop kick? No. Tony Franklin. It used to be a big thing when I was growing up in the 80s. Not mm-hmm. half of them, but I'd say 15, 20%. Barefoot? Barefoot kickers. No way. Barefoot kickers. And they swore, oh, man, you got to be able to do it because you can feel the ball better. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the ranch, they're struggling to hit 45 yarders. And <laughs> do you know what Rick Dempsey was famous for other than the fact that he had the longest field goal kick forever in NFL history? Oh, I do. I do. Oh, I know you do. What made him different? Dempsey had half a foot. Yeah. His foot had been, I don't know, he'd been hitting some kind of accident, some kind of farming accident, one of those types of things. I mean, yeah, but- Tennessee, there's no telling what he did. But yeah. um, he, uh, was that his first name, Dempsey? I mean, Rick? Uh, no, I don't think it was Rick. But no, Dempsey actually, was Rick. Rick played for the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, I was starting to think of baseball when he said that. Tom Dempsey? Tom Dempsey, that's where that's it was. Okay, that's Tom it. Dempsey. Anyways, he got his foot, half his foot chopped off or whatever, and so he had had his shoe, it looked like a block at the end. It, it wasn't like a typical toe going down. It looked like a block. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It says born without toes on his right foot. This shoe is born without it. Is it is that what the deal was? Yeah, it was born without toes on his right foot. Like you know, farming accidents or whatever. 
Holy cow, this anyways, shoe is unreal. You swing that like a hammer. I always thought it was, I mean, I don't know about you, Doug, but I always thought it was unfair. I was like, well, a lot of people, people complained about it too because it was like it's like having somebody having a golf club. Yeah. It was like a big gigantic golf club on the end of his foot, like a sandwich. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the ranch, the, the 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 rest of them were out there trying to tee off with putters. He probably struggled <laughs> with a lot of other aspects, but not this one. All right, well, we so. got to get into it. Because we're running out of time. Let's go ahead and hit it. Doug, give me your lock and give me your one big thing. Lock. Bengals win by four. My one big thing is all week, all people have talked um, talked about uh, Mahomes' leg and leg. The biggest thing you're going to see in this game is the Bengals' defense is going to be the difference. All year long, they've had the best um, – the best uh, – uh, quarterback uh, completion rate against them, meaning they've stopped every quarterback all year. They have the lowest completion rate and the lowest uh, QBR. So that defense is going to be stout. Gotcha. Tones, what is your lock and your one big thing? My lock is Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown. He has won in seven of his last eight postseason games, and he has won in four straight postseason games. And my one big thing is, Pay attention to these games and how they're officiated. Ron Torber is officiating the AFC Championship game tonight. John Hussey, the NFC Championship game. Allegedly two of the best the NFL's got to offer. Let's see how they do. They throw a lot of flags. Joey, what is your uh, lock and one big thing? My lock is Eagles minus two and a half, and that's because my one big thing, Mr. Brock Purdy, plays like Mr. Irrelevant, and he's the struggle again. The San Francisco quarterback doesn't bring it, and the Eagles win and get to the Super Bowl. Okay, so you've seen this all 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 day long. I mean, Kansas City, Philly. You know the the, the OU helmets, obviously for Jalen Hurts of Philly. They look like that they're on a collision course to to meet in the Super Bowl. That's why we've had it up there. So so my one big thing is also my lock. Bam! <laughs> LSU. Joe Burrow and the San Francisco 49ers are going to meet in the Super Bowl. Let's go. My lock is Joe Burrow gets the Chiefs on the road. Let's go. <laughs> ah. You pulled a little Lee Corso. You switched your helmets up. You switched your head. I like it. Ready to crack my toe on the side of the couch at some point? Pull a Dempsey. Yeah, don't be a Dempsey, please. Don't be a Dempsey. If I do, if, if they have to chop my toes off, I'm getting that special shoot. I'm trying out for the Jaguars next year. <laughs> what an ending. Uh, you know what? Falcons indoors. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Yep. All right. Y'all have a great rest of your day. Uh, keep it locked in here as we get ready for kickoff. We'll see you Monday to react. And I'll probably be doing the walk of shame, but we'll see what happens. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel.
Thanks for listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks on 99.1 FM WQEE, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, and simulcasting on youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Braves Country comes your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Please follow, like, and subscribe today. Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for Southern sports. Something of a fifth of September. She said a lot that I can't remember. Something of a fifth. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live to regret it. Just give me another cigarette, please. You're listening to WQEE. 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia. Hey, sports fans, the key has a brand new show. Braves Country is coming your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time on WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. We'll be talking the Atlanta Braves and Major League Baseball along with everything important to sports fans in Braves country, the SEC, ACC, Big Ten, and the National Football League, and the big sports news of the day. That's Braves country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE, The Key, 99.1 FM, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. It's the best in sports and entertainment, and get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey, and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. Dixie Handle Company, five generations of the Strickland family, have produced quality hardwood farming garden tools, wooden shutters, and custom furniture. This small business has been owned and operated since 1992 and ships to customers across the world. If you're looking for the highest quality tool handles, Dixie Handle Company is your place. Every item is handpicked to your specifications. If it's made of wood, they do it. Call now, 931-722-3395. That's 931-722-3395. Or go online to DixieHandle.com. The Dixie Handle Company, welcome to Craftsmanship, a proud sponsor of Braves Country Baseball. We live in a world now that welcomes and nurtures the screwball in all of us. Hey, it's a new decade, people. Time to get a little nutty. Treat yourself to Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey, a smooth flavor that combines two of America's favorites, peanut butter and American whiskey. So no more social awkwardness. Time to embrace who you truly are. Get out there and make friends. And be sure it starts with Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey. It's available nearly everywhere. Learn more at ScrewballWhiskey.com. Infinium Spirits. Please enjoy responsibly. 
Hey, Braves fans, the Armchair Quarterbacks YouTube channel are bringing you Braves baseball all season long. Hi, I'm Mac McGee, and I'll be bringing you Braves baseball play-by-play for the Braves fans out there, for all of Braves country. So pull up an armchair and join us for Braves country baseball, first pitch to last pitch, Tuesday and Friday nights, right here on the Armchair Quarterbacks YouTube channel. Hey, sports fans, weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, drive time on WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. <laughs> 